Thank you for tuning in to the podcast ministry of Broad Street United Methodist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. We offer our sermons here as a resource, a conversation starter, and a guide towards the life that Jesus calls us to. Join us weekly for a sermon from the clergy and visit us online at broadstreetumc.org for more information. Let's tune in to today's sermon. Stand in honor of God's word. Today I'll be reading from Acts chapter 9, verses 36 to 43. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which is Greek, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, as if um, the responsibilities for mothers on Mother's Day uh, wouldn't be enough, but um, um, mothers are uh, also wives, and uh, wives have to do many things for their husband, and um, uh, my wife is back there in the back helping to run the sound and the AV this morning. And Sharon, um, if you can break free, I'm going to need to ask you to run to the office for me and get my sermon. I think that would be helpful. <laughs> or maybe, yes, maybe Aaron could do it. Um, we had um, an illustration of one of Tabitha's, Dorcas's friends, who um, was in the parking lot this morning, and uh, one of our own invited her in to have some breakfast with us. And um, 
just uh, for those who uh, are in our midst, the ladies who have small uh, build and wear a size small clothes, um, this um, gift from God who came this morning is, is needing some clean clothes. So, um, for any who can drop off clothes uh, for us across the week, we'll, we'll make sure that we get them to her. You know, um, across uh, this period of the season of Easter, we've been focusing on uh, readings from the book of Acts. If you look at the subtitles, it, it says Acts of the Apostles, but it's really Acts of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit, as Jesus says, moves wherever it will. And the author, Luke, is uh, chronicling the way in which the Spirit is moving from here to there, from person to person, to bring about incredible changes uh, in the world. Thank you, my dear. First, um, there are the disciples who are gathered, and they are uh, watching Jesus ascend to the heavens. And the angels tell them, go back. <laughs> Don't stand around looking, go back and, and wait for the coming of the Spirit. And then the, the Spirit comes and sets them alive. And they um, go out into the streets and start proclaiming. Peter shares an incredible sermon that brings about the church in thousands. At the first speaking of, of God's word after, um, after the resurrection of Jesus and then the Spirit moves to, to Stephen. He is one of the several who are selected for the very important, crucial work of caring for the widows who, um, without the help of God's people, simply would not be able to make it. And Stephen shares an incredibly inspiring speech which infuriates a person named Saul. And, and Saul makes sure that a lynching happens quickly. Everyone grabs a stone and, and stones him. And it infuriates Saul because Stephen is praying for him while he's being murdered. And then the spirit moves to Philip who runs a day's journey uh, far away to, to be there, to be used by God as, a, as an Ethiopian uh, royal figure comes by and, and has picked up a copy of Isaiah and reading it and not knowing what it means. And Philip asks, can I come right along with you to explain it to you? And then Saul gets turned around and becomes Paul and becomes this amazing uh, disciple and begins speaking and preaching. And then the spirit moves to Peter with the reading that we have today that, that Molly shared for us. If you um, look through many Bibles, uh, even within a chapter of Acts, the story changes from person to place to person. And so um, a lot of Bibles add on headings for particular stories or sub-stories in each of the chapters. And for this one, it might read something like, Peter does a miracle, or Peter brings a woman back to life. And that would certainly not tell the story. In fact, that would tell the wrong story. Because the miracle of Peter bringing Tabitha Dorcas back to life is 
It's just the culmination of a miracle that's been happening in Joppa for years and years and years. It's in the passage. Let me pull out some of the pieces that are important and we need to see. First is that this lady, her name is Tabitha in Aramaic. It is Dorcas in the Greek. And for both languages, it means gazelle, one who is strong, powerful, fast, one of, who is able to, uh, to respond quickly, one who has the, the power to be able to, to protect and to make things happen, to keep those who is, are responsible, she is responsible for, alive and safe. It's an indication that different groups of people from different cultures in the same city speaking different languages know who she is. They are each calling her gazelle and they're knowing she is the strong one for them. And then if you heard right at the end, as one of the messengers who went to get Peter brought him back, that messenger was likely Simon the Tanner who we're told Peter ended up staying with thereafter. Simon would be one who would be, the, the tanner would be unclean. The work he does of, of pulling hides off of animals, of washing away the blood, of then preparing the pelts to, to be tanned and made different colors is one who would never be able to, to get himself clean enough to to be accepted into a worship environment among the Jewish culture. But clearly, he is one of the leaders in the community of faith. Clearly, he is, is one who has been brought into the community of faith because of Tabitha, because of Dorcas. And then after her death, there are widows who are gathered around her bed. They are the ones who have sent for Peter to bring him back. And, and in that time, widows, widows had no provision to be able to provide for themselves other than through their husband. And if the husband in the household died, then everything that the two had built together, all of the money, all of the funds, all of the possessions, everything would go back to the family of the deceased husband. The widow would be left instantly homeless and without means of provision unless there just happened to be a person in her own family who could then reach out to include her. And suddenly all of these widows in, in Joppa are around her. They are displaying the incredible dresses the garments that she has made. It, it appears that what she has done is made it her mission to take the widows in the community, to bring them into a, a sewing guild, a tailoring guild, to be able to provide for one another, to be able to help one another. And it appears that they're not just simply showing off the, the garments. They're showing off what Tabitha has made for them. Could it be that this was among all of the garments that they were making, a special dress she made for each one of them as they became a part of the community of faith, a baptismal dress, one that they wanted to be able to show with pride 
to Peter of how much she meant to them. Her efforts had been one of coalescing a lot of different people, all different cultures speaking different languages, helping them to understand that they were a part of this community and the community of faith. And with her, with her leadership, with, with her own powerful, strong self to bring everyone else in, that's the reason that Peter was called. The miracle has been happening here for years. Forget about the provisional governors. Forget about the mayor. It is Tabitha who is the one who has brought this city together. She was the reason that Peter was called. And what they were proclaiming together as Peter arrived is God has done so much for this city because of her, because of her leadership. God does not want this ministry and what she has built to die, Peter. So what shall we do? And Peter sends them out to have a conversation with God and to figure out what should happen. There's another thing in the passage. And it's subtle. It's in the original Greek, but... It would not surprise you <laughs> to know that to, to inanimate objects and to descriptors, uh, a gender is assigned. There are many languages beyond English in which uh, a candle is, it's either male or female, and it just is, and you have to call it by its proper form. And a, a, a bouquet of flowers, it's either male or female, it just is, or a table, and so forth. And so for the word disciple, it's always, always, always in the male uh, description in Scripture. But in this one place, an exception is made. Dorcas Tabitha is called disciple, the disciple. In the feminine form, she is the only one in all of Scripture. What is, what is being proclaimed here in the passage that Tabitha, that Dorcas, is just as important, significant into the world-changing work of the church and the leaders as is Philip or Peter or Paul or John or any of the other disciples. Peter, that's why you're here. Help us to know what we should do next. You know, um, on this Mother's Day, we, um, we do something that is a trifle. We attempt to thank our moms. We give you a flower. Oh my goodness, are you deserving of much, much more than that. To, to become a mother is, is to understand that uh, the world is different now. Um, no matter how much attention you've been able to adore yourself with and adorn yourself with before, uh, once a child comes, you can no longer be the center of the universe. <laughs> the center of the universe is right there before you. And the impact of the responsibility of, of what you must do in that moment is, is, is simply amazing. What has happened before, what you've been able to live before, now changes forever. From this point on, it's, it's around the clock, 24 hours a day, life or death, 
attention which must be provided and that's just the baseline on top of which everything else is is requested of you there is a, a moment for a, a young female to become a mother wanting this this most important and significant thing in, in in many women's lives and seeing the most beautiful thing in the world that you'll ever see in your arms that uh, you'd give anything for. But then in a day or two, and it lasts for a day or a week or months, there's this old snap moment. There is a, this postpartum reality that everything has changed. I can't go back and do the things I was able to do before. Uh, for the next couple of decades at least, my focus is on someone else all the time. And if you think about it, it's, it displays the essential characteristics of what it is to be a disciple. It's why Jesus associated himself with mothers right before he was going down to Jerusalem to be crucified. As he looked down upon the city, he said, oh, that... I, like a mother hen, could take my chicks, take my babies under my wings and care for them. But they've, they won't let me. They've gone astray. Many of you know the history of Charlotte, that Charlotte was named after Queen Charlotte. It was named after a woman on the other side of the world who had never been there, would never go there. But it was an attempt to, to honor this incredible matriarch. Uh, the queen of our city is this one who is around the world who inspires us. But in Joppa, the queen of the city was Tabitha. Tabitha was in the city. She was giving everything she had every day, a selflessness that uh, is, is astounding as you look at any disciple who ever was. She was indeed the mother of the city or the foster mother who was taking on the needs of everyone in the entire community. It's uh, translated Jaffa, sometimes it's Hafa. It is uh, Haifa today. Like Winston-Salem, it is Haifa and Tel Aviv. The work that she began, the hope of God for, for this place, for this community, for this nation, for these people, is to be a place that would be a beacon of love and hope. A place where everyone belongs and can be included. And today, for the nation of Israel, they still are living off of the luster of the queen of the city of Tabitha the work that she did, Dorcas, the work that she did among all the peoples and all the cultures. You know, to live in the world, it's hard. To live in a house with another person, it's hard. To, to, to be husband and wife, it's, it's hard. To, to do that, to make it work, each one has to give up something in order for there to, to be uh, an opportunity for communion. In a neighborhood, in a community, every single person has to give up something to get something greater 
for the good of all people. And, and to be able to do that, to, to keep the world from being a place where some who, who have much want more and more and more and get to the point where they will never, ever give up a thing. Thank you very much. You can figure it out for yourselves to stop this world where there's hoarding and there is people that are beneath you. There, there need to be a group of people who will display what it's like to to be selfless and to give. And for a time, we were able to speak truth to power. We were able to, to get our governments to, to do that for us. And, and now it's becoming ever more evident that's not going to happen. And there's going to be a need for a people who can display what it is to be selfless, loving, sharing, giving, even if people don't deserve it, for the good of the world, for the sake of the community. You know, you, you have to be able to communicate that somehow to people. You have to display it. You have to know what is the core essential of your organization, no matter what the organization is. You know, if you, if you are working for the Rolex uh, company, right? We do not sell watches at Rolex. You can get a, a watch for 50 cents. It's plastic and it's digital and it will work fine. It's, we, we have perfect time on our smartphones. We don't need watches. But Rolex doesn't sell watches. Rolexes sell status, right? And if you're gonna work here for this company and, and whatever improvements and enhancements you're gonna provide, it better be make this thing bigger and thicker and heavier and sparkle. It needs to look like it's a treasure that came out of a treasure box that you are displaying. We sell status at Rolex. If you work for Harley Davidson, we do not sell motorcycles. There are a lot of people that sell motorcycles and being able to get from here to here at Harley Davidson, we sell a lifestyle. That's the product. And if you can't help us something that does all the more vroom, vroom, then you don't belong at Harley-Davidson. We provide a lifestyle. And at Apple, they, they don't try to sell computing power or gigabytes or operating systems. At Apple, we sell simplicity. If you work here, everything you do is about Helping people to be anyone, the most powerful person in the earth, to simply use their finger and point at what they want. And in the church, we need to know what it is that we do, what we're about very clearly to know its essence and to, to be able to do it. Tabitha Dorcas displayed what a disciple is to do, selfless, giving fully to everyone, to let everyone know that they are part of God's family, that they are included, that they belong. For years in the church, and, and I've lived through these years, the church has been wanting to go back to the 50s, to go back to the 60s. If we could just go back to there, then we would be successful. Well, who wouldn't want to go back there? It was the laziest time in the history of the church. We could simply open the doors and people would come in, open doors. 
open minds, open hearts. But there's nothing biblical about that. The doors are there for us to, to be able to get the Spirit and to be able to go out in the world. We're commanded by Jesus to go out in the world to make disciples and then bring them in. If we're out on the street and visitors come and they look down and they see that incredible building at Broad Street and that impressive square to say, wow, it's our opportunity to say, you know, we, we know the people who helped to make that thing possible, and, 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 and I go there, but it's, it's not our church. <laughs> we built it for you. It's for you. It's a place to come and, and, and to meet God, to find God, to be a part of a community of faith, to be a part of a life-changing people who, who then go out the doors and continue to embody this hope and this truth that, that God's love is there for everyone, everyone, everyone in the city. A profound means of caring, of profound inclusion to be able to declare, you are the center of our world because God wants you to know, brother, sister, how much you are loved, how much we need you, how much God wants you in his care. To do that, we need a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of direction in, in which way we use the doors. It is a culture shift that we're talking about. Coming out of COVID after a couple of years of being quarantined, isn't it, if there ever was a wake-up call of, of, of making sure that we know what we are to do and who we are to be and what we are to be a part. And so we've been calling this series Dream a Church. Dream a Church again, renewed. Not our dream, God's dream. And to want to be a part of God's hope, God's people for our community. To do that, it, it takes a culture shift. Last week, we began talking about it. What we want to do while we're here is to pray. Pray for the people in the seat that we're in, the seats beside us and behind us and around us, to pray for the Holy Spirit to, to come and to fill this place that we go out into the community now, now, this week, looking for the opportunity to be God's people. To do that, we have to prepare ourselves. On Sunday, we need to be here, not just because it's Mother's Day, but because it is God's day for us. And to be about being prepared every morning, waking up and saying, God helped to send me, to use me today. Make me a part of your dream. And so we invited folks last week to, to think about that, to pray about that, to begin to prepare. And, and I know it doesn't happen easily and it doesn't happen fast. It is a process. It takes a while to, to shift our culture and to shift our focus. But I want to ask you again today, in a time of, uh, of prayer and meditation, if you can just begin to see your week ahead, begin to see where you will find yourself this week in the marketplace, the responsibilities that you have, the job that you have, the people that you'll be meeting, the wonderful surprise of visitors God will bring to you at just the right time.
And imagine yourself being God's instrument at that moment to be used. What we began to talk about last week is ire, intentional relationship enhancement with one another, within our families, within our neighborhoods, within our communities, to be intentional 24-7. This is our complete focus. God's hope for this church, for all churches, is about us. And so as we go into a time of prayer, I want to invite you to, uh, to begin to pray and to meditate about that. And, and then there is a, a microphone up front. And uh, as we promised last week, if, if you had an opportunity to have an encounter with a brother or sister who is in the adoption process in God's family, uh, a way in which God used you and spoke to you last, last week will invite you to come. So let us uh, have a time of prayer and reflection. We are so grateful you took the time to listen to our podcast ministry, and we hope you found the sermon meaningful, inspiring, and thought-provoking. To explore our ministry offerings or to give to support this podcast ministry, please visit www.broadstreetumc.org to get plugged in. This podcast was produced by Rob Lee, a member of Broad Street United Methodist Church, and copyright all rights reserved. Peace be with you, and God bless.